It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us and happy holidays. I don't know about you, but I went out yesterday and did my entire Christmas shopping in one day. And I do not recommend going to any store the Saturday before Christmas because it is just insane. But tis the season and I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to have my guest in studio today. You guys don't know her face per se. You may know her voice, but you know her work. You know her work because it's all over the internet. I'd like to welcome welcome in Becky Bruce. She is KSL News Radio's executive producer of digital content. Hi, Becky. Hi, nice nice to be here. Thank you for coming in and joining me on the Mom Show today. I so appreciate it. You are my fabulous coworker. Uh, when I say people know your work, it's because you're in charge of everything that goes online for KSL News Radio. No pressure, right? You know, no big deal. Just like you do. But you do a fantastic job around here and you have an army a team that you have implemented. And so I I shouldn't say it's just you, but you were the head of that team and you really execute a lot of stuff for us. Yeah, we are small but mighty, I like to say. We're not a big team, but but we do what we can and we have a lot of fun doing it. But I mean, a little, you know, peel back the curtain for us here at KSL News Radio. A lot of people don't know that, you know, you're, you have put this team together. Really, you've created this position, essentially. Well, I have to give credit where credit is due. None of this would exist without my immediate supervisor, Cheryl Worsley, our former news director. So uh, three and a half, almost four years ago now, um, she launched basically the digital content department. And at the time... That was me. Right. Right. It was solely you. (laughs) Solely. Right. But only because she really pushed for it and made it happen. Yeah. And then eventually we found room in the budget to expand. So she's taken this entire team from a team of one, which was me. Right. To now we have, I think, about 12 people split up between different things. So there's some folks that report directly to her and do podcasts. And there's folks that work directly with me in the newsroom. But, um, yeah, to have that kind of growth in under four years, I feel like is pretty earth shattering. Oh, it's phenomenal. And that's about when I started here at KSL News Radio. So I've kind of seen the evolution of the digital team kind of like grow and grow and grow. And it's been fantastic. Now we have a person who works specifically just for Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News who writes articles at the time. And I can feed her my stories when I cover the elections desk. And so it's just a fantastic team. Yeah, it's nice to have a deep bench, I like to say, to to make it a sports analogy. Right? It's awesome. Okay, so that's what Becky Bruce does, but that's not all she is. Well. She's also a fantastic mother, and and you have one son. How old is he now? He's going to be 17 very, very soon. I'm not going to give away the exact date. Is that like a hard swallow when you say 17? Yeah, I feel like he was born like five minutes ago. Right? right? Like I just, I know I just got off maternity leave. Yeah, (laughs) you did. It feels like that. It's like the years are long. What's the expression? The years are long. The the days are long, but the years are short. That's absolutely true. I mean, when you have the toddlers in the house, it feels like it's going to take forever. But the reality is it's over so fast. Yeah. Okay. And I want to talk to you about being a mom of one because I I was a mom of one until a year ago. But um, I think there are a lot of judgments that happen with moms of one. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. 
I think so. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily fair, but I also some of it maybe, you know, I'm I, I'm never gonna compare myself with the mom of five who's hurrying to keep up with all five of them. I mean, like, girl, solidarity. Right. I feel you. I do good just to keep up with my one. What I like to tell people is one is a handful too. Absolutely. That is the thing. I had a guest on here a few months back who is a mom of seven, and we talked about, okay, I don't care if you have two kids. I don't care if you have seven kids. I don't care if you have one kid. Motherhood is hard. Yeah. And we have to start putting ourselves in this, like, caste system of levels of hardness. Right. 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 Everybody's got their own struggles. Yes. And so what do you feel like you've dealt with as a mom of one living in this great state of Utah? Um, you know, oddly, the number one thing is I think people are a little nosier than they realize they are. Mm. And what I mean by that is I'll have people ask me questions that I don't think they would ask in other states, but I could be wrong. Yeah, we don't live I mean, in another state, so we, we don't, don't know. It's hard to compare. <laughs> yeah. But um, do you ever think you're going to give him another brother or sister? I don't. I, I, right? I, I, uh, are you asking me that? No, no, <laughs> but, people yeah. ask me that. Right, right. right. Even, as a, even as he's a teenager now. Right, right, right. And I'm like, well, my family planning's not your business. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's just, it's a kind of a deeply personal question. Now, if my sister asks me that, yeah, she and I can have a chat about that. I feel like even certain coworkers, yeah, we're on that level. We can have that conversation. But it's yeah. not something I'm going to get into with, you know, somebody I've just met at the grocery store who just found out, oh, you're that Becky Bruce that works at KSL. Right, right. And I feel like maybe we we say it well-meaning, right? Mm-hmm. We're just yeah. kind of like making conversation and we're like... Yeah. What do you think? You're going to have another one? Like you're just kind of lighthearted about it, but you don't really under, when you ask that question, you don't understand what you're actually asking. Right. And I think that's what you're saying. For me, when I had one kid, when you asked me that, what you're asking me is when are you going to be mentally stable enough? Because I had a postpartum mood disorder. Like when are you going to feel stable enough to have another kid? When are you going to put yourself through the possibility of having postpartum anxiety again to have another one? Right. And like, that's not, it's not entirely fair for me to say, because you don't know you're asking me that, but, but that question poses that to me, right? Yeah. I mean, I I hate to use the word triggered, but it's potentially triggering for another woman, especially if you don't know what her background is, what she's been through, what she's going through. Just don't assume. Right. Yeah. What did you feel like when people would ask you that question? What came to mind for you? I mean, okay. So, so it's just me and you and a few thousand listeners here, right? No big deal. It ain't no thing. It's just us, Becky. So I'm very open about the fact that I am infertile. I have polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is very common. In fact, it might be the most common form of female infertility. Um, I've never made a secret about that. But it's also not something that comes up in the grocery store checkout line. Sure. Right. right. Like, as a general rule, when somebody asks me if I'm going to have more, there's a judgment call there. I'm probably not going to be like, well, allow me to present you with these charts showing my infertility over time <laughs> right. and right. give you the name of my OBGYN. Let me show you what my ovaries do. Right. Or don't do. <laughs> but in all seriousness, that's where my brain goes. So right. while that's not on the outside, in my head, I am absolutely 24 years old again seeing an ultrasound of my ovaries just riddled with cysts and sobbing my eyes out when mm. I realized that, like, oh, this is a real thing and I have it, right? Right. Um, how I've dealt with it is I've always just tried to be very polite, like, oh, well, you know, we'll see, and just leave it open-ended because sure. it's not their business. Right. Right? Right. Um, having said that, 
maybe we shouldn't be asking the question. Well, it, there's definitely a time and a place, right? Yeah. Like you said, it's your sister. It's your coworker that you're very on that level with or you feel like you can confide in. But it's not the grocery store conversation. Right. And it's not the like, you know, church hallways conversation. Right. 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 Um, and, you know, it, maybe at a, at a younger point, if the circumstances have been a, a little bit different, maybe the answer might have been, yeah, I'm willing to try again. But I don't necessarily want to have that conversation with somebody about, but I don't know if I want to put myself through IVF. I don't know if I want to put myself through, you know, a drug that might make me more likely to have multiples. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, right? So Mm -hmm. there's a whole complicated other level to that conversation that I'm probably not going to have with somebody I don't know really, really well. Yeah. We're talking with Becky Bruce. She is the digital content executive producer here at KSL News Radio, which means everything that goes online for KSL News Radio filters through her. Unless it was bad, in which case it was totally Lindsay. Right. <laughs> and there have been times. No. Lindsay should not have access to the station Facebook page. No, you're good. You're good. Okay, let's take a break. More with Becky when we come back on The Mom Show. You joined The Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. If you miss any of our conversation, we podcast wherever you podcast. Just search for KSL Mom Show. You'll find us there, Stitcher, iTunes, or download the KSL News Radio app uh, because The Mom Show lives there. Uh, on the daily. So you can find us there. I'm joined today by Becky Bruce. She is our digital content executive producer here at KSL News Radio, which means everything that goes out online sort of in some way indirectly filters through (laughs) her, especially here on the news radio side. Um, Becky, thank you for joining me today. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Okay. So we know that you're a whiz on the internet. We know that you're, Mm. you're a whiz with content and branding and all the things that that entails. We also know you're a mom of one, and we've been talking a little bit. The theme throughout this, uh, these few segments have been sort of the judgments we feel moms of one get. And we think it may be more pronounced in this state where people have a lot of children. Yeah. Neither one is good or bad. And that's, I think, the mindset we have to shift, right? Like, it's almost like we think that a woman with seven children is more noble than a woman with one child. Right. And I, I've always believed that my worth is so much more than whether I have multiple children or one child or have won the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, girl. I mean, amen. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yes, because your worth exists uh, exterior of what you do. Mm-hmm. Your worth is just set. It's infinite because you are, because you exist, because you're here, right, right? Right. You just matter because you are, right? It doesn't matter how many kids you have that makes you more or less valuable. Right. And if I didn't earn a PhD, that's okay. Yes. I'm just as important and valuable as somebody who did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, Becky, you revealed to us last segment that you have dealt with PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. Right. Did I get that right? Yeah, you did. Because this is something that affects so many women. Tell me a little bit about it, how you found out about it, and, uh, you know, what the average woman with PCOS is going through. Yeah, well, the more I know, the more I know there's really no such thing as the average woman, right? Sure. Um, uh, Where to start? So I kind of diagnosed myself accidentally. Um, I had been... um, not having monthly cycles for a very, very long time with no good explanation Mm. and was trying to seek help from my OBGYN at the time. And this was before you had a baby. Yeah. 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 This is way back. I'm I'm in my early twenties and I'm like newlywed and 
like, why in the world am I not having a period? This sure. is so bizarre. Yeah. Um, but my doctor was just like, well, you're just not having a period. It's okay. I'm like, well, no, it's not okay. That doesn't seem normal. Right. Yeah. That, this is not normal. <laughs> right. I didn't know enough to connect the dots then and realize that some of the other things I had going on um, were also maybe connected. Some of those things included I, I had some pretty severe acne. I had hair on my face in a place where I wouldn't like to have hair on my face. Mm. Um, and I had gained some weight kind of unexplained. Right. Mm. Um, and so he gave me what I would consider what I think a lot of women would identify as the classic weight loss brush off. Well, Ugh. you just lose some weight. You'll probably be fine. Oh, thanks for dismissing all my problems. Yeah. 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 And also, by the way, there's nothing wrong with you. It's all in your head. Then also wait. Stop telling me I'm overweight. <laughs> right. Stop telling me I should look a certain way. Yeah. Continue. Sorry. Yeah. So this is like maybe around 1999, 2000. The internet is still kind of a, a novel idea for, for those of us who, you know, I still had dial up at home. Right? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm cruising the net and I'm looking at this site called iVillage and there's an article on the front page. Could you have PCOS? Here are the symptoms. And it linked all of those things that I didn't know to suggest to my doctor as being connected to this one thing. And I was like, holy crap, this sounds like they're describing me like that that is me right yeah yeah i mean my jaw hit the floor yeah. um so i actually wrote my uh my doctor a nasty gram um what's a nasty gram um a, a bad email basically yeah except i i snail mailed it oh <laughs> you literally la- mailed him a letter i literally mailed him a letter saying how frustrated and hurt i had been over his dismissal of my symptoms and yada 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 oh good for you um good for you for advocating for yourself and standing up for yourself in that way yeah yeah I, I, looking back on that, I'm like, you know what? That was that was a good call. Yeah, that was a good call. Um, it felt at the time like I was being kind of petty, but I'm I'm realizing in retrospect, maybe I helped educate him a little bit, and maybe the next woman who came in who had those same things. I mean, this is maybe one in ten women, or right? at least the last time I looked at the stats, that's what we thought it was. Yeah. Maybe more common. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I wrote him a letter, and then I started looking for somebody to help me who was a specialist. I found a reproductive endocrinologist. Um, and at this point, I wasn't even trying to get pregnant. I was just trying to get answers. Right, right. right. Um, and so that's where that fateful ultrasound I described earlier happened. It was like so obvious that I'd had this. I'd probably had it since I was a teenager. Like, so how, these are just cysts on your ovaries, correct? Or in your that's one way it shows up. Not everybody gets the actual cysts. Okay. Um, but basically, your your hormone production is off. Okay. Because um, I was going to say you can't catch PCOS. No. Is it hereditary? How does it happen? The working theory right now is that it's linked to insulin resistance. Okay. But that there may be a genetic component. We now think um, in my family that my mother probably had PCOS as mm. well. Um, women with PCOS are more likely to miscarry. Mm. And my mother had um, several miscarriages in a row before I came along. Sure. Um, they can give you medication and prevent that now. But if you didn't know, how would you know? Right. right? Now, my mother is diabetic, so her body doesn't produce insulin. That Do those things link at all? They can be. So uh, women with PCOS can be more likely to have gestational diabetes okay. when they're pregnant. And okay. I did. Okay. Um, and if you have gestational diabetes, you are also more likely to have type 2 diabetes later on in life, mm. which I do. Okay. So, yeah, there is definitely a connection there. They're still figuring out all the ins and outs and the whys. Um, and here's another another judgment we need to stop while I'm on that <laughs> topic. Right. People think people with type 2 diabetes are just lazy or they can fix it with diet, right? But essentially your PCOS is, in effect, causing 
the type two? I mean, I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg. But sure. I've been treating this with diet since I was about 23 years old. Right. And if I could have prevented it, I think I would have. Right, right. So let's stop that judgment as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Life is complicated. Be yeah, nice to each other. Yeah. Okay, so you get this diagnosis of PCOS. Then what? What does it mean? Well, right then, it was a pretty big, heavy thing because on the one thing, I, I read it on the internet and I was like, oh my gosh, this is me. But it hadn't really sunk in. Sure. So I get the diagnosis, and then it's like a whole new layer of, okay, now i got to sort through this. What does this mean? Do I want to seek drugs or in vitro fertilization or some other method to help me have a family? Do I want to not think about this right now? Do I want to adopt? Do I want to become a foster parent? My husband and I had you know, a lot of late nights talking that through, and we ultimately decided we were stressed out and young and broke and we just didn't want to deal with it right then mm-hmm. so we didn't right um and about three months later i was pregnant wow <laughs> so, uh, that I, does not happen for everybody yeah and i imagine women who are in the, that situation and you can just correct me if i'm wrong do they feel like failures they feel like yeah. their body isn't working right they yeah feel i like, felt like less of a woman yeah for sure. yeah yeah like there's something wrong inside of me and this is my one biological job and I can't do it. Right. Yeah. We need to stop that message as well. Absolutely. Becky Bruce is our executive producer of digital content here at KSL News Radio, my fabulous coworker, and I love hearing your story. Uh, we'll take a break on the Mom Show. It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning, and then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into The Mom Show. Thank you for joining us today. We are chatting with a fabulous coworker. Mine, her name is Becky Bruce. Hi, Becky. Hi. Becky does all of the uh, digital content here at KSL News Radio, and if you don't know what the digital content means, it just means she runs all the station social medias, she puts things out on the website, and among other things, orchestrates a fantastic team of people who help her do that as well. Really, really smart people. I've surrounded myself with people who are so much smarter than me. It's the best thing ever. I love it. What does your day-to-day look like as far as, like, digital content goes? A little sneak Um, peek behind the scenes at KSL News Radio. It's a little all over the map. I I do a lot of moderating comments on Facebook, which means I'm not censoring you, but if you use bad words, Mm. I'm going to hide your comment. Mm, I see. Um, I I proofread other people's things that they've written to put on our website, make sure, you know, the punctuation's good, the grammar's good, the headline looks good, yada, Mm -hmm. yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Um, I do generate some content of my own. I make videos. I post pictures. I mean, it's it's all over the map. Yeah, you guys don't even realize what goes into running a digital the digital content of a radio station. Like it is not just a one man team. There is a team of people helping us brand ourselves and make ourselves look good out there. Becky, the head of all of them. I try. Ah, you're so fantastic. Okay, we've been chatting about your journey. Uh, finding out about PCOS, this is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, it uh, basically has made you infertile. Yeah. Um, um, it is the, I believe, and please correct me if I am wrong, listeners, I believe it is still the number one cause of infertility among women. Mm, okay. So there are a lot of women, especially in Utah, who may be dealing with this right now. What do you want to say to those women? You are not alone. Right. And um, 
be your own best advocate because I feel certain that my journey would be very different if I hadn't kind of taken the reins myself and found my own diagnosis and then pursued somebody who could help me. Right. And I I sometimes get resentful at that, that we have to advocate so much for our own health care. <laughs> yeah. But you, you got to. You are your own best champion. So right. do it. Right. You know what's off. You know what's not working. Keep going until you find the answers. And if you know it's not right and somebody's telling you, oh, it's no big deal, trust your gut. Right. Right. Wise words from Becky. Okay. So you, you found that you were in your 20s. Mm-hmm. You found out that you had PCOS. Uh, you were dealing with some weight gain. You were dealing with some irregular uh, periods. You were dealing with some unwanted facial hair. You were dealing with uh, just generally not feeling well, and you kind of knew something was off. Yeah. I mean, I I went almost a good solid two years without ever having a menstrual cycle, mm. which was like, this That's is odd. weird. Yeah. And you'd never yeah. had a baby. Right. So, I mean, I, I cannot tell you how many pregnancy tests I took during right, that time Right. Frame. Right. Right. Like, I probably kept Kroger in business. Right. And you were on birth control at the time or not? I was not. Um, I, I was somewhat newly married at that point. We got married in 98. So, this is, you know, a couple years later. Yeah. Um, we finished college. We were young in our careers. And, you know, hey. Right. Let's, let's start our family. Right. And nothing. It wasn't working. Right. Yeah. Uh, so what what should women know if they know they have PCOS? Or I imagine there's some women who are hearing this like that. That is me. I'm like I am going through that. So now, you know, you can probably put a name to it. But the women who have this and are now dealing with it, what should they know? Um, that's a great question. So um, there's a lot of different options for treatment, depending on what your personal goals are. For me at the time, because we decided, you know what? We don't want to deal with fertility drugs or IVF or anything like that right now. I don't. I don't want to deal with the paperwork of the adoption thing. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Let's just let's just calm down and not worry about it. Um, what my doctor suggested for me was actually um, doing birth control pills, uh, which is a very common treatment for PCOS. It helps you regulate your cycle. Sure. It helps you bring your hormones back into balance where they weren't before. Um, so we were considering that hadn't actually started yet. Um, randomly in the middle of all that, I get my first menstrual cycle that I've had in years. Wow. Right. Yeah. And it's the next month after that when I'm like, I feel funny. (laughs) Right. (laughs) What is going on with my body? My, my, my bra is a little tight. This is odd. Right. Right. And the next thing I know, it's like, oh, it's a positive pregnancy test instead of this heartbreaking trend of month after month, negative stick, negative stick, negative stick. Yep. Yep. Um, if you are trying to get pregnant, there are lots of options there, too. Um, there are a lot more than there were when we're talking about my story. This was, you know, 17 years ago now. Right, right. right? Um, and the cost is a lot better than it was. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that it's not expensive. It is. Right. Right. Um, you see people, and this breaks my heart all the time, doing GoFundMes to raise money for their fertility treatment. And I right. think that's just so sad. Right. Right. That, that that's where we are. Right. Um. One thing that I think people might not expect but is a reality is um, some companies may not fully cover treatment for this depending on where you work. Um, I'll give you a for instance. There are still religious exemptions for the Affordable Care Act um, that would affect birth control, which is normally covered 100%. So 
if that's you, you may have to go through an appeals process to get your medication covered. Right. Um, and that's kind of a pain in the neck. Right. And yeah. we could go into that. We won't at this no, juncture, I mean, but yeah, I understand yeah. what you're saying. The reality is I'm fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, there are some things out there that I think modern medicine didn't, or not necessarily medicine, the government didn't really fully think through when they put some of those rules in place. Like, right. Oh, women take birth control for reasons other than preventing pregnancy. Right. What? But also, women should be in control of planning their families. Right. <laughs> so there's that. Right. Yeah. So, okay, so you have this PC- PCOS diagnosis, and um, but you got, you got pregnant. It was essentially what you're telling me is a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we call my son our miracle baby. Um. And, you know, I think most moms can probably relate to this. Some days he's miracle enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's some guilt associated with that. Like, how dare I feel that way about this child that I shouldn't even by any rights have? No, right? no, Becky, you don't get to do that, okay? Because motherhood is hard. I don't care how long you waited, wished, and prayed for this child. You get to find it hard. I think that is the biggest problem we have with moms today is we feel like we can't find it hard. We feel like we have to just love it and it's all rainbows and sunshine because how wonderful are these children? And don't get me wrong, they're wonderful. They're all miracles, right? But yeah. But we've got to stop putting this guilt on ourselves for not enjoying this process. It is hard. It is so hard. And if I could have told myself that when I started the process, I could have saved myself a lot of suffering. Yeah. Preach. I just did. I know. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox. I know, yeah. right? Um, so, yeah, I found out I was pregnant. One thing that was really key, because I knew I already had PCOS, was making sure right away that I involved the reproductive endocrinologist. Um, and so he prescribed progesterone supplements for me right from the get-go. Because you were at risk of miscarrying. Right. Yep. Yeah, and I have a healthy kid. That's so, amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so after you had him, here I'm going to ask you this question. Did you decide at that point you were done or did you continue trying and it was just not going to happen? Yeah, no. Um, that's a hard question to answer. It's more like one and done just sort of kind of happened. Yeah. Right? right. Um, so when, um, when, say, when my son was about Six months old, I started to experience some extreme postpartum depression, something I know you know a lot about. Mm, yes, ma'am. And um, later, when it was maybe time to consider that, I was really concerned about, you know, if I did try to get pregnant again, would I be that depressed again? Because that was really scary, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I never consciously made a decision not to pursue another child. It was more like, okay, I, I know a miracle surprise baby is not going to happen to me twice. Mm-hmm. So I never really kind of sought after the, the fertility treatment that I would need to make that happen. Right, right. Whether that would be hormone injections or who knows what. Right, right. right. All those options. So it's kind of like, and it, after a while, it's just like, oh, I'm I'm 42 now. Right. That ship <laughs> sailed. Right, it's probably what happened again. So it's basically like, if it happens, great. We're happy at one. If it, if it happens again, great. We'll deal with that then. But we're not going to actively pursue this. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Becky Bruce is our executive director of digital content here at KSL News Radio. Pause with us. I want to dive into your postpartum mood disorder and talk about your perspective on that because I have my own. Obviously, I've been through that as well. We'll do that when we come back on The Mom Show. You've joined The Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. 
Welcome on into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. We are talking with Becky Bruce. She is our executive director of digital content here at KSL News Radio. Hi, Becky. Hi. That's just a fancy way of saying <laughs> that you put all the stuff online for KSL News Radio and you do a fantastic job. I try to make us look good on the web. You absolutely do. Okay, we've been talking about your journey through PCOS. You told us you had a miracle baby after really thinking you were infertile because of this PCOS. You have this miracle baby, and then you start dealing with a postpartum mood disorder. Right. And you already alluded to this once, that you already felt guilty that you um, should just love this miracle baby right. because you wished and prayed and ha- and went, you know, tried so hard to get this baby, and then you were having such a hard time afterwards. Did that kind of play into the postpartum? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I don't think that necessarily caused the postpartum by any means. I think, you know— that's just well, it's part a, of the process. Sometimes a, people have it. Right? And it's a chicken or the egg question, right? right? Is the, the stress you're experiencing causing it or is the, you know, you already have a hormone whack situation and then the mm-hmm. stress exacerbates it, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and so for me, um, also coinciding with this, my husband had been deployed. This was after 9-11, a couple years after. And um, yeah, so I'm by myself with this six month old mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to do what I can. Mm-hmm. And um I had thought maybe my parents could be pretty helpful. And to be fair to them, they absolutely were, but they both had some health problems of their own that meant they weren't quite as helpful as, you know, a lot of us would like. Yes. Right. Yeah. So um in the midst of all of that stress, my milk stops producing. Oh, right. Geez. Like I start drying up. Yeah. Which I only discover and here's like a horrible mom moment. I'm in the pediatrician's office and they're like he hasn't gained anything this month. And I'm like, what do you mean he hasn't gained anything this month? He's eating like a hog, right? right? Um, turned out he'd been, you know, trying to get milk out of me as hard as he could and no luck. Interesting. Um, yeah. And so, you didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. No idea. Yeah. So um, I'm. he was still getting some. Right, right, right. right. Like, I mean, obviously. It just wasn't flowing. Right, right. Yeah. He, he, yeah. So so that was scary. And right. then I feel horrible for not realizing right. that, like, I've dried up somehow. Right. Um, so there's all of this guilt kind of piling on top of me at the same time. In the meantime, my hormones are just this perfect ticking time bomb. Boom. Next thing I know, I'm sitting in my primary care doctor's office with the baby just pouring my feelings out. And he's like, let's check you into the ER. And I'm like, what? Really? Yeah. Um, so I don't know what I said that was scary, but I must have said something scary. Yeah, um, but I mean, did you feel like the ER process was the right call? No. Okay. Yeah. Because that's my thing. A lot of times women are will not speak up about the intrusive thoughts they're having or the thoughts of harming themselves or their baby because they're afraid they're going to get sent to the ER. Yeah. And when you get sent to the ER, oftentimes the police are called. And right. or they're going to take your baby or hold you for a psychiatric evaluation. And that's yeah. not to say that, you know, some women might not need that. But women who are just having intrusive thoughts, which is what I was having, right, are not at risk of hurting their babies. Right. So I was having thoughts like, you know what, I'm going to leave my son in the crib right now because I'm afraid I might hurt him if I right. But I wasn't right. acting on anything. It was yep. just like so I'm pouring this out to this doctor and he's recognizing I guess, the the danger in it, right. which there is. Um, but I think maybe the better response might have been like, let's get you in to see a counselor right now. Right. Or, yes, I don't know. And we can talk about that from a systematic standpoint where there right. needs to be those protocols in place of where he should send you. Yeah, I don't fault him at all um, for that being the wrong call. I think 
I think in a scary situation, you have to do the best that you can in those circumstances for everybody's safety involved. Yeah. And the good news is my mom was able to come down and get the baby and, like, hang out with me. And they checked up with me after 24 hours. I did get to go home. And, yeah. And we right. know there's been more training now for health yeah. professionals, right? Again, 17 years ago. Right. Right. Exactly. But they're just like, oh, this woman's thinking of harming her baby. Let's send her to the ER. Right. And in some cases, that can make it worse. Yeah. I mean, I felt like the world's worst mother at that point. Right. Like, what is wrong with me? There's, um, can I answer that for you? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you. But I know those feelings. Yeah. I know those feelings of feeling like everyone seems to be handling this and I hate it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, why can't I do this? Right. Why can't I do this? So how did you get out of it? Um, after being evaluated by a psychiatrist in a, a few hours there, they realized that I really wasn't that big of a risk. And so they allowed me to go home with my son mm -hmm. um, with the promise that I would call in and check in in 24 hours just to let them know I was okay, mm -hmm. which I did. Mm -hmm. And then they got me a follow-up and a referral for both some medication and a, a doctor. Mm. Right? I'm glad you got that follow-up care. I didn't get that. Yeah. I got sent to the OB with the, you know, good luck pill. <laughs> Here's yeah. a pill. Good luck. Right? No follow-up call. No nothing. And I wish I could tell you that that wasn't common. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I've talked often on this show about, you know, the healthcare system and how it should change. That's not really the purpose of this conversation. But what did you feel like helped you the most climbing out of your mood disorder? Hmm. You know, I, I hate to rely on chemicals, but really the medication was critical. Right. Right. Because it wasn't... And, and coming to realize that this wasn't my fault, it, it really was a chemical imbalance in my head that I didn't control, right? Right, right. Um, That we can address. Right. Like, let's address that. And then all of a sudden, it was like I felt like I'd found myself again. Well, and once you take that medication, you can kind of take the edge off the symptoms in order to be able to peel back the layers. Yeah, I could enjoy being with my kid. Right. Who was really, really fun at that age, Right. right? Yeah. Right, but you weren't experiencing it. Did you then uncover any underlying, like beliefs about motherhood that you had that you that were false you know I feel like a lot oh, of times sure. that happens yeah I definitely um well I, I I told you I was already kind of beating myself up with like how dare I feel any kind of anything but joy over this child in right. my life when right. I worked so hard to get him here right? right um so I had to work through that I also oddly felt kind of guilty that I'd had to have a c-section really yeah like somehow that made me less of a woman too. Right. So I had to work through all of that. Right. Um, the reality is we're all women and we're all different. Everybody's got different struggles and the best kind of, of baby is the healthy baby that you have in front of you. And how you get there is totally dependent on circumstances that you can't always control, but go with it. And the best kind of mother is a healthy mother. Yeah. On top of that. Becky Bruce, she works here at KSL News Radio. She is the executive producer of digital content. So anything you see online from KSL News Radio, you can bet that Becky's had eyes on it. Becky, I think you've helped a lot of women here today. I hope so. Yeah, I think sharing your story, women are going to say, yes, that that was me, whether it was PCOS or postpartum mood disorder. So thank you for taking the time. Absolutely glad to be here. And we'll be back next week on The Mom Show.